0: Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Rashvina And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. Our guest today is Eliza McGinn. Eliza is an associate at Forest 6 Ventures, a Boston-based, early-stage VC firm. She's passionate about products and technologies that make the world better, more efficient, and safer. Previously, Eliza was an associate at AEA Investors a New York-based middle-market PE firm with over $15 billion under management. Eliza started her career in consulting at Bain and has a degree from Yale. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today, Eliza. It's really nice to have you. Great to meet you. i excited to be here. So um, I just want to start off by talking about your experience, your initial experience. Um, you interned at a startup, Zipteva, even before college, how did you end up working there, and what are the valuable takeaways that really shaped the rest of your career, if any? Sure. Yeah, so Zativa
1: just to level set, um, was a startup that was sort of working to disrupt and digitize the college admissions process, so almost like a, think of like an extremely high-quality Facebook for college students and colleges to connect with one another and to learn more about one, one another in a super authentic and super kind of multifaceted way. Um, And it was founded actually by an HBS alum, Meredith McFerrin, who went to school with my mom and who really knew, I think, the power of mentoring young women in business. So I think, you know, as I was navigating through high school, trying to figure out where I wanted to go to college, she really just took me under her wing. And I truly had no business working for her. I mean, I was, I was in high school, I had no skills, but I think she knew the power of mentoring young women with an interest in business. And that was really powerful for me and helped kind of shape so it really just like set the foundation for my career. because um, it, it just taught me some really amazing kind of business fundamentals that really transcends any career, regardless of whether you go to business or not, such as competitive landscape and pricing, you know, understanding regulatory dynamics, thinking about differentiation, like these just very simple, but critical concepts, I think were just ingrained in me during that internship. And then other takeaways just beyond the like tactical things I learned that shaped the rest of my career. I think, you know, first of all, building startups is just really hard. Um, Zativa folded after three years. And I think they, you know, we just realized the competitive landscape was super saturated and super crowded and just, you know, the customer acquisition cost was pretty high to make, what, what, what we wanted to be a bootstrap startup to really work I think number two going to you know, men- you know going back to what I said above mentoring is just so important it's really important if you're in a position of you know of elevation of power no matter if you're an associate or whether you're a vice president or whether you're an analyst mentoring a summer analyst just you know taking the opportunity to take people under their wing can really change their career and then three I think this is something that i really, that I, I think about a lot in my current role is just being able to thrive in ambiguity. I mean, it, that was um, that startup, you know, it was three employees, I think, at the time, and not a ton of direction and not a ton of, you know, there's no fancy PowerPoint template or anything like that. It is truly just, you know, doing the best you can with the information and the resources given to you. So that's something that I think is a good skill to learn at a young age.
0: I completely agree. Um, I've just transitioned from huge banks to working in smaller teams and it is a lot of self-initiative. And I'm glad I had actually, like you said, uh, mentors early on who taught me to really be proactive. Um, so that's that's a great experience to start off your career, yeah. right, by the way, that's, that's awesome. Um, so, and then obviously you went to school. Um, Having received a double major in economics and political science, you have a history of immersing yourself in both worlds, up to the point of joining the Romney for President campaign. How has the poli sci background proved useful in your career path in finance?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, I wouldn't say it is necessarily the most tactical day to day thing that I uh, that I use, but I think. What it gave me is just a good foundation, just a really keen interest in the macro factors that would impact a business or a company's financial outlook. so thinking beyond just the numbers, what can be measured and quantified, you know I think there's also a really critical need to be able to think about beyond really beyond what what can't be and what is not on this P; l, what is not in this sim that we need to be able to be aware of in the just political landscape in the regulatory landscape in the like you know what policy landscape and giving them and, you know that kind of stuff some people might not be that interested in but just given my background i genuinely am and so it makes some of the the more nitty-gritty due diligence things more exciting to me if you can find a needle in a haystack to say hey this, you know, piece of legislation is about to come out and that's going to make, you know, the, it's going to make hospitals need to implement this type of cybersecurity solution. That specific example literally just did happen in January. Um, That's kind of stuff that that you get interested in just having a political science background. And then I think secondly, I think it is also has, I've always wanted to combine kind of my interest in foreign policy and philanthropy and nonprofit as well with, in public service, I guess, with investing. So thinking, I've always thought about ways to get involved in impact investing, venture philanthropy. I worked for a venture philanthropy firm after my freshman year in Boston called New Profit. Um, And so I think that's something that whether or not, you know, when I have more time, in my life or in like a second career, that's something that I really would be interested in, in doing and trying to combine.
0: Yeah, I mean, legislations do um, have such an impact on so many industries, especially in these times. So it makes sense. And I'm sure it's been great for you because you do uh, have a huge interest in both. So. Talking a little bit about this, the breadth of your experience, you've explored some of the big industries, like we call them banking, consulting, private equity. Why choose venture capital now?
1: Yeah, I get this question a lot. And I think it just, I think it sounds, it's a little bit unoriginal and maybe sounds a little canned, but I truly think I could not have made it into VC or the spot I am today. Just without collecting this, the skills that I got from each of those experiences in each of those industries. So for example, like banking, I think you know that those are my two summer internships. I got to understand business fundamentals, business, like understand how to read a financial statement, understand how to build a model. How are, what are kind of the financial levers that you could pull to grow a business or to increase its cash flow or improve its standing in the public markets? Then you go into consulting, and it it reminds both some financial aspects of of looking at a business, but it's much, much broader than that. It's marketing, operations, org chart, cost cutting. And so while I I lost a little bit of the the deep finance technical side, I gained in understanding some of the other levers that you could pull to really grow a business outside of finance. And then private equity, I felt like, was a good combination of both, honestly, because I a lot of my time was spent evaluating new businesses. And part of that, of course, is like understanding what, okay, are the returns gonna work? Is this like, you know, can we afford this business at at like a reasonable valuation and make a good return? But also like, is this a good company fundamentally? Is this an interesting market? You know, what are the the levers that we could do pull when we actually own this thing to make it a good business? Whether that's putting new management, putting, you know, taking out costs, Doing a digitization strategy, whatever it may be, it was a really good, it was just a really good complement to both of those experiences. And then VC, I think, you know, I think it to me combines kind of my favorite elements from each of those experiences. Um, I think, you know, it takes definitely some banking, definitely some private equity, but it gets me a lot closer to, to tech and to early stage, that kind of early stage startup building that I really enjoy in my Zictiva days that I really enjoy even in my Romney for president days where you're working on a really lean team, thriving in this ambiguity and getting closer to some exciting emerging trends that really cut me on my toes. Um, and in the private equity landscape, I was really focused on industrial investing in industrial businesses. Oftentimes I've been around for hundreds of years and we're, while super interesting, and on, honestly, they're focused on parts of the uh, parts of our day to day lives that we don't even think about, but are so critical. That said, I think I've always been really interested in investing behind in, intensely growing emerging industries and trends that, to me, I like you mentioned in my intro, always been drawn to thinking about efficiencies, how to improve, kind of human progress, how to improve processes, safety experience, and being in the VC world allows me to invest behind those kinds of trends um, in a way that you can't necessarily in private equity. And you're on a little bit of the other side of the table in uh, in the client service side in consulting and in banking.
0: Right. And early stage tech is actually a really good transition to my next question because four or six ventures does emphasize early stage Is this an area of particular importance to you? And curious to know what drew you to this VC firm in particular and what vision do you hope to drive forward as an associate?
1: Yeah, yeah, great question. So, yeah, I guess I'll take them and those questions in parts. One, I think, yes, tech has always been really important to me. I was in banking, I was in our technology in Goldman Sachs' technology group um, at. Even at AEA Investors, I was focused at, well, yes, yeah, broadly in the industrials group, I spent a ton of time building out our tech-enabled services strategy. I spent a lot of time thinking about ways in which we can build technologies, even into our diligence processes. So yes, it is like 100% something that, that is important to me. Um, and I think it is singularly the most critical, I think one of the more critical industries that impacts our day-to-day lives and as well as, well as impacts our, our futures and how are we going to go about almost any sort of human activity um, in the future, I think will be powered by technology for better or for worse. Um, and, and so thinking about how to uh, invest behind those that are going to make the world a better place, um, <clears throat> improve our processes, like I said, improve our safety, whether that be in the cybersecurity landscape where I spend a lot of time, as well as in the digital health landscape where I also are kind of spend another big chunk of my time, patient experience. I think that all of those um of living like a, a healthy and prosperous life will be touched in some way by technology. And so I think the other thing that I really, really enjoy about their strategy is is the fact that they are, you know, 406 is founded by operators. They are at their DNA taking their operational experience and pairing it with capital and helping to build and scale companies. And that's what I really liked about my experience at AEA. AEA had a similar kind of philosophy with really partnering with their companies. Obviously consulting takes a very hands-on approach to their clients. I really enjoyed my experiences at Sativa growing up. And so I, I really, really enjoy 406's very disciplined Philosophy to investing, where they're taking pretty concentrated bets um, in companies and then spending a lot of time beyond just capital, spending a lot of time and partnership uh, to help kind of build and scale these companies. So I I I think I really, really liked 406's. That is something that really drew me, drew me into the company. I think the third, the other thing that drew me into the, the firm was just the fact that they um they are very sector specific. So 406 focused on focuses on three sectors. There's cybersecurity, digital health, and data and cloud. And something that I really was really important to me at a young age, and now is super important to me is just becoming an expert in something and whatever that is, just trying to become the go-to person for an industry, for a function, for a, uh, you know, for for something that is, um, that is, Needed. So for, I think the nice thing about 406 is that you go in and you spend a lot of time in specific industries where you build a very, very deep understanding of the market dynamics there, of the, um, I guess, the, the competitive landscape of the trends. And then you can really leverage that to your advantage when you're looking at different companies, when you're sourcing different companies, when you're trying to help your portfolio companies think about the, the market or where they need to go. And so that, that is something that 406 places a ton of emphasis on and, and something that I really liked about them. And then lastly, I guess I would say that, you know, to your last question, what vision do I help hope to drive forward as an associate? I think, you know, as an associate, you actually at a VC, VC firm, you actually have a ton, a ton of leverage. There is a, you know, there is obviously a misconception that as the lowest person on the totem pole, um, you know, you don't necessarily, you don't get to necessarily play a role in shaping the firm strategy or shaping uh, or making investment decisions. But I completely disagree with that. I think that associates, because they are kind of ears to the ground, especially in BC, because they're ears to the ground on some of the most important trends, because they're out in the field, talking to entrepreneurs, talking to investors, really taking a, you know, learning from osmosis, um, out in the world, I think that we have a really, really bring a really interesting perspective that is super, super critical. As you think, as VC firms think about their investment strategies, think about the sectors that are interesting or the subsectors that they want to chase. Um, and so, I, I think that for me, as I think about the the vision that I want to drive forward for 406, I think it is obviously keeping a lot of the same foundations that they've been. Focus on for the last 16 years around being founder friendly, operationally driven, sector specific, you know, very disciplined in their investments, focused on the early stage. Obviously all of those things have worked for them and is, uh, I think they should, we, we should all continue to focus on them. But I think also making sure that we are staying super close to some of the more, not letting some of the more emerging and exciting, maybe a little bit, scary trends pass us by is particularly in technology, leveraging new AI techniques, leveraging, thinking about new business, you know, even new customer sectors to be investing behind, whether that's in cryptocurrency or whether that's in you know, a new part of cybersecurity that is new and unknown, uh, unknown today, like quantum computing, but that could be super big going forward and likely will be. So that, I think that's something that I just want to keep on Forcing us as a firm to keep thinking about and and improving our understanding of.
0: Great, I think um, a good fit and a strong learning curve are really you know the top two things that people at our stage as associates um, just entering the VC industry are looking for. So I'm really happy you found that at four or six, and yes. I absolutely agree with your vision. And I hope that's really um, how it shapes uh, going forward. Um, So we are reaching towards the end of our conversation. So I just want to touch on the topic of gender representation. Um, Have you personally noticed any discrepancies in the treatment and interactions with women as opposed to men in BC? And what steps do you personally think can be taken to remedy this? So I think first of all, it's hard. I think, yeah, the answer is
1: yes, there are definitely discrepancies. Um, and inter- interactions and treatment between women and men in BC. I am fortunate that I am at a firm uh, where there's 60% women at like at, in the investing roles. That's pretty exciting and pretty unique and not something that I've ever experienced at any of my other roles. So I feel very well represented and very well in, in good company. Um, but I would say where I sit, um, it at uh, 406, I spent a ton of time in the cybersecurity industry. And that is, I would say, I actually don't know the stats, I'd love to look come up, but I, I gotta believe it's one of the lowest, like re- you know, the 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 industry with the lowest representation or mix of women focused on it um amongst like any sector And Yeah, US. I think
0: it's I think it's sub 10% for decision makers in the industry who are women. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so
0: I think that that
1: that is um, to me, I, I think a huge problem. Um, obviously, we at, at NVC, you are in the business of you know generating above market returns for your shareholders, and if you're not do you know you one way to do that is and w- one important way to do that is to improve the voices around the table and the different perspectives around the table, and you need to have. Um, women, you need to have people of color. You need to have minorities. You need to have everyone who brings in a different perspective and a different outlook um, to these conversations and to these decision maker conversations, in order to make sure that you're not only making the best kind of decisions with like your you know with your money, but also making sure that you are thinking through every single possible outcome and and, and making sure that you know there there are th- that everyone is heard um but also i so i think not, not only is it good for kind of firm culture to have diversity but it's also important i i do think it's fundamentally important to what the, you know vc is really in the business of doing which is you know again g- generating above market returns and so i think for me the i think that the treatment and interactions that i've experienced that are i think are different i think there is oftentimes a sense that women do not they can't really handle negative feedback that they're sensitive that they that they like crumble under pressure and so oftentimes i feel like you know and not necessarily at 406 but at, throughout my career that you are you know given softer feedback that you're just given a pat on the back as opposed to getting given having given really actually much more helpful um, and tangible and actionable maybe even negative feedback that can help improve your improve you know, your career trajectory um, and lead to a promotion or something like that. So that's something that I've definitely experienced when I think about. So my male counterparts that come out of their review sessions, they may feel a little bit more beaten up, but I think it actually really does help to have someone who's willing to coach you and, and give you constructive criticism. And then similarly to just like getting put into high stress situations, I think often at times there is like a sense of, uh, you know, crumbling under pressure or being, anxious um in, in those high stress situations and and so not necessarily getting the at-bats to ha- play a role in them but I think the only way first of all, first of all obviously I do not think that is true um, but but second of all I think that you need you know you need to be put in these situations to be able to learn um and and kind of be thrown to the fire and I think it's the only way to help be given kind of equal opportunities um so I think you know in terms of the steps that need to be taken I think there need to be more women put in leadership positions so that they can trickle down on the mentorship front so that they can, so that they can bring others along uh, up along with them. Um, and I think there also needs to be just more related to mentorship. I think there needs to be more feedback, you know, more, more coaching, more hands-on, um, thought into how you're going to plan a woman's development trajectory and, and kind of professional development, uh, to ensure that they are not going to burn out, that they are given the proper at-bats and that they are given the proper kind of tips of, around what they are doing well, but also what they can improve too. And that that, that I think is really going to be critical to making sure that everyone's given the same opportunity and that women are able to excel in, in venture capital.
0: Yeah, it's always surprising um, when you hear the stats and you just keep wondering why, but it's also VC is a very relationship-driven and relatively small industry compared to, say, consulting and finance. So it takes a longer to really establish those, you know, like you said, those roles that really trickle down and improve those numbers to begin with. Um, Yeah, I agree. Awesome. So before we wrap up this conversation, uh, one of our favorite spontaneous questions that we have on the show is, who has been um, a role model in your life? Someone who's had an impact on you personally, professionally, um, it can be anyone.
1: Um, I had an amazing mentor at Goldman, my first internship. Her name is Alison Nast, and she's now um, a very senior person. Over, over, she's risen to the rings in the last few years um, uh, in the investment banking group at Goldman. And she was one of the, I think, just pioneers of women in finance. And now mentors many women many women helping them navigate their careers in business and in finance. And has been a huge mentor to me and just a huge inspiration. She's, you know, married, has kids, friends. She has. She definitely is able to strike an amazing balance of being not only a great uh, colleague and an amazing, you know, banker. And relationship creator, but also a a great mom and friend and and wife. So I I think she's a great inspiration to me.
0: Thank you so much, Eliza, for joining us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy it as well. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, thank you for having me.